most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. This is your week number three DFS preview. We'll break down the Sunday night football slate and the Monday night slate. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and joining me as always, one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers in the industry, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I am ready for week three. How are you doing? Feeling good, man. Uh, nice. You know, got another Monday night doubleheader to look forward to. Hell yeah. So... I, I love uh, these. I, I hope these are here to stay. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not bad, you know. I like we were talking off air. I I rather have two Monday and no Thursday. You feel you like Thursday? Give me. I, I don't yeah. love it. Let's keep Thursday. Let's keep these two Monday night football games. Um, and hell, let's add in like Friday Friday night football or something. Why not? <laughs> no, nah, you gotta you gotta leave uh, the high school <laughs> kids. You know, what I mean that's, oh, that's oh, high yeah. school, and it, that's why you know Saturday's obviously college, but Friday's yeah. a big high school football day. Yeah, um, that's true. My bad. So, and plus, I, yeah. I kind of like us having like Friday nights off. So yeah, maybe maybe that Speak we'll leave yourself. that open. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, it's always a grind. But uh, we love it. We love it. Couldn't have a better job, but uh, let's go into Sunday Night Football. We got the Steelers in prime time yet again. They are going across the country to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. The line is Vegas by two and a half. The total is 43. I checked the Action Network app for this game, and uh, Kerner... Is on the under. Raybon is on the under. So that kind of shows how, how we're feeling yeah. about this one. Uh, so talk to me. I mean, if you want to kind of frame it with why you bet the under first, and then go into your uh, your captain play. Yeah. Well, I'm curious why you took it as well. But when it was at 44 and a half, this was you know Sunday night when I just had my initial projected spreads and totals. I had this total like closer to 42. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, it looked like Devontae Adams might miss. Uh, that doesn't appear to be the case anymore. There was also a chance Jacoby Myers might miss. So I was just trying to get ahead of that. Um, right now I'm projecting it closer to 42, now 43. But, you know, 44 is a key number, so I just wanted to lock it in. But uh, why why did you take it? You got it 43 and a half, right? Yeah, uh, this is my favorite under of the week. Oh, uh, nice. So the Steelers are dead last in the NFL in points per drive on offense. Yep. You know, they got those two defensive touchdowns. Mm. The Steelers are the one offense that has fewer red zone trips than the Chicago bears. Mm. <laughs> the Steelers only have two red zone trips. And then on the other side, Vegas is one of the slowest paced teams now in the league. And even yeah. in a, they had a 28 point uh, loss to Buffalo and they're still 29th in seconds per play, even with, you know, uh, a, a big loss, which usually you speed up in, the, in those kind of situations. So uh, just a lot of kind of things point me toward the under. And don't forget, it was a 13-10 game. They played five games ago, technically, that right at the end of last year. I think it was on Christmas. Mm. It was 13-10. And that was with Kenny Pickett coming back. If not, it might have the game might have gone like under 21. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, I think uh I'm not expecting too much scoring. I think Vegas wants to run the football here. Uh, but I'll I'll get to that. Uh who you got in the captain's spot? Uh, so I'm sticking with George Pickens here. Uh, you know, I was like, he was my captain pick last game. And I was like, we have to temper our expectations a little bit because the Browns defense has been solid. But he still went off for four catches, 127 yards and a tutty. So he has a much better matchup here against the Raiders. So again, I'm sticking with him. He'll probably be pretty chalky, but I don't care. Um, like as long as Deontay Johnson is out, he's going to be the alpha 
in this offense. I don't know what happened with Pat Fryermuth, but he's just not involved right now. So it's it's all Pickens. Love the matchup. So I'm sticking with Pickens in my captain slot. Yeah, I think Pickens will be the alpha even when Deontay comes back. True, That's, true. You kind of, kind of see that coming. You know, mm-hmm. Pickens can just do so much. Uh, and he kind of expanded the route tree. You know, now he's get taking balls after the catch and, and going to the house. So uh, great player. Love the pick. Uh, he will definitely be in a bunch of my captain spots as well. Uh, for I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs here. Fresh off a nine carry. What is it? Negative two yards? Negative uh, two. Yeah. Negative uh, two yards. yards. After contact too. So. Yeah. Nothing. The, the line didn't give him nothing. <laughs> but. This is, as it stands in week three, the best matchup for running backs in the National Football League. The Steelers have given up 333 rushing yards to opposing running backs. That is 47 more than the next highest team, which is the Vikings. Uh, You know, they've also given up a, a touchdown through the air, two on the ground to running backs. So, I think this is a get-right game for Josh Jacobs. They are at home, favorite, great matchup. Uh, so love Jacobs in this spot. And he did you know, catch the ball well last week, five mm-hmm. for six uh, for 51 yards through the air. I don't think he'll need to do that. He got 19 carries in week one. And even though that was, he was kind of coming off of, you know, the holdout and whatnot. Yeah. So – we did talk about this on the flex pod early, you know, in the off season. I was like, you know, I'm not really in on Josh Jacobs this year. You could kind of see it coming, uh, yeah. regression, but I do think this is going to be a good spot for him. Still playing about seventy five percent of the snaps. So give me some Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I like this because he'll be a contrarian play. I think you know he's the butt of a ton of jokes uh, this week. Uh, I think people will still use him, but definitely not as much in the captain slot. So yeah, if the holdout caused this, you know, first two weeks, you know, he's just kind of getting the rust off. He could have a big game here. So yeah, I can get behind him in the captain slot for sure. Yeah. He's got to, he's got to re- re- positively regress. Uh, progress, got I guess you could say. Can't from, get much worse. Yeah. He's got a Cam Akers-esque 28 <laughs> carries for 46 yards. Yeah. 1.6 per carry. So uh, expecting him to get right in this one. Uh, what do you, who do you like for values? Uh, so on the Raiders side, I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers. Um, I, I think he is expected to return after missing the one game uh, with the concussion. We have to remember, he just had a massive week one where he caught nine balls for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, saw a whopping 42% target rate on his routes. Um, I always thought he'd be a pretty good fit. For Jimmy G, obviously Devontae should be the number one target in this offense, but Myers is right there with him. Um, so I think the fact that that big game was now two weeks ago means he probably won't be too highly owned uh, in this slate. So I, I like going with Myers here, given he suits up. Uh, and then have to stick with my boy Jalen Warren on the Steelers, just because, you know, he's slightly behind Najee in terms of overall workload right now, but it is definitely close to a near even, you know, 50-50 split. Uh, and he flashed as a pass catcher uh, last week. He's clearly, I think, the more dynamic back. Um, and he could leapfrog Harris any given week now. So these one-game slates or anything involving Jalen Warren, I'm continuing to invest in. So I, I like him as a value play here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's looking good out there. Uh, the Steelers, I mean, they can't keep having Kenny Pickett drop back, what, is it, like yeah. 40 times a game? They have to kind of get – get a handle on this offense and, and hand yeah. the ball off. That's what they do. I don't know. They've just gotten so you know far away from it, and they were able to get that win and uh, against the, the the Cleveland Browns, but that was very lucky. You know, their defense came up big. Yeah. So uh, I think they need to, to settle down a bit. But uh, I'm going to stick with the contrarian plays, the buy lows. Uh, mm. Love doing that in, in DFS, especially in tournaments here uh, on these showdown slates. And I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth because, yes, he <laughs> – was pretty much invisible. And I, uh, you know, when I was submitting my rankings last week, I was like, they were like, oh, you have Pratt Fryer who's 31st and he's ranked 11th. And I was like, oh, oops. But like, it was, you know, it was kind of. Was that a mistake or? No, no. It, you you know, he just, did you roll with that? Uh, I think I might've moved him like to <laughs> 20th or something. Like, oh, damn. But I was still very low on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, just didn't love the the matchup last week. The Browns 
great secondary. You know, everyone can cover for the Browns. They're just a good defense now. Uh, but this Raider defense, I do think there will be some spots for Friar Muth to finally catch uh, more than one pass for more than three yards because he's got one catch for three yards and a touchdown in week one and then one catch for two yards uh, in week two. So I think he finally gets off the schneid, but this is how you got to kind of play this. I mean, you know, when these guys are, when the game logs look ugly, that's when you want to invest. And the good thing about Friar Muth is there's no worry about the underlying usage. He got banged up and knocked out of the first yep. game, but he did run around on 88% of Kenny Pickett's dropbacks last week. So it was just a bad game for him, you know, tough matchup. But this Raider defense has given up nine and a half targets and eight catches per game to the tight end position. Uh, Raiders have given up a five catch game to a tight end in each of the first two games. Troutman had five catches for 34 in week one. And then Dalton Kincaid had five for 43 in week two. And Dawson Knox also uh, caught three balls and, and got a touchdown as well. So uh, this is a an exploitable matchup. I think Friar Muth gets right in this one. So now I'll probably be you know above consensus after he you know, <laughs> shit yeah. the bed. Now I'll probably have like tight end eight or something like that because, uh, you know, tight ends, it's all about the routes anyway, so. Yeah, I love Friar Muth, and I don't even have anyone else on the Raiders. I mean, you took Jacoby. Uh, you know, I already mentioned Jacobs. So right. Just go right to dart throw. Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Um. Yeah. Well, the Friar Muth thing. It's a three game sample. He had zero catches in Week 18 last year. So, uh, but I, I'm a fan of buying low on tight ends like that. Like, I, I think a lot of people are dropping tight ends after two slow games, and it's like if we were to drop every tight end after two rough games, you know, only like Travis Kelsey would be left. So uh, I'm a fan of buying low on Frymouth here. Uh, for Darthros, let's let's go dar- dumpster diving in the Raiders tight end situation. I'm going to go with Austin Hooper here um, just because he's held off Michael Mayer so far. I, I think at some point Mayer will leapfrog him. Um, and, you know, Hooper doesn't have too much upside when he's running around, you know, around 55% of Jimmy G's dropbacks, but he has been the tight end. They've been using inside the red zone. So if either were to score a touchdown uh, in this game, I think it, it'd be more likely to be Hooper. So with Hooper, I'm just kind of banking on a short yardage uh, touchdown here. Um, and then for the Steelers, got to go with Calvin Austin, just because he had a pretty quiet uh, Monday night game. Um, he actually ended up running a couple more routes than Allen Robinson, which was semi-surprising. Uh, he was also targeted downfield. So he uh, could break out with a big game here against the Raiders. I, I think he's a great target underneath or downfield. So he's he's very versatile and could take advantage of this easy matchup. So I think it's it's time to, you know, roster Calvin Austin heavily in your showdown slates here. Yeah, I love I love Calvin Austin as a player. You know, him and him and Tutu Atwell were, were two guys that I was kind of yeah. like, you know, these guys will probably get a, a role and obviously the Deontay injury um mm-hmm you know, help that. But it, like you said, Calvin Austin jumped a Rob and I think that's going to continue. I think Austin gives the Steelers some much needed juice, you know, you know, Jalen yeah. Warren has some, obviously Pickens is a stud, but you know, they need more of that explosiveness. This offense is kind of, it's really been shaky, you know, Matt Canada, uh, not really getting it done here and putting these guys in great positions. But uh, yeah, I think the more Austin, the better for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So uh, like him, uh, for my dart throw, I got a couple of Raiders. Uh, first, uh, Christian Wilkerson. He actually has been splitting the number three wide receiver role with Hunter Renfro. So in week one, you know, Myers was active and Wilkerson and Renfro both ran a route on 31% of Jimmy G's dropbacks. Okay. And then week two comes and my, uh, Myers is out. And they split routes exactly evenly again. So seems like Wilkerson is is kind of you know in that in that number three role because remember Josh McDaniels kind of put Hunter Renfro in the doghouse and Wilkerson is a former Patriot, so he's got that connection mm-hmm. to McDaniels. So and you know he beat out uh, who was it Keelan Cole who was on the roster all of last year and uh, Dorsett, another guy who McDaniels was um, familiar with. So. Uh, I think, you know, Wilkerson is going to be on the field, you know, probably about a quarter to a third of the time, week in, 
week out going forward if uh, Myers is healthy, but uh, it's perfect for a showdown slate dart throw. And I don't think too many people uh, are even familiar with, with who this dude is. Uh, I think was it last year or the year before where he got like knocked out in training camp? He got like cheap shot at a training camp. He missed the entire year. I think, yeah, it was 2022. Yeah, last year. Yep. Um, he's a preseason stud. Yep. So yep. those yep. Uh, are uh, DFS preseason uh, degens out there know who he is. But he, he flashed for the, I think it was 2021. Uh, he played like one game in the regular season for the Pats or two games. And he balled out. I think he scored a couple touchdowns. So he's, he's definitely talented. And if he gets a shot here, like I would say if Myers or Adams potentially are ruled out like Wilkerson's going to get a ton of run here and he's he's good enough to like uh you know put up some numbers for sure yeah yeah eight catch uh eight targets four catches and two touchdowns in you know the one game where he saw featured work with the Patriots so he's got four career catches and two of (laughs) touchdowns yeah so yeah I mean (laughs) even if even if those guys are healthy I think I always like it better when you know like the guys don't get ruled out because then now you're talking about the roster ship percentage going way down uh, for a guy like Wilkerson. If yeah, one of those guys is ruled out, then it's like, oh, who is the guy going to fill in? And then everyone's on him. So I actually yeah, that's, hope that's how ex- I agree. That's how you win these showdown slates is Devontae and Myers are both healthy uh, and Wilkerson still comes through with a touchdown catch or something. And you're part of the 1% that even rostered him. So yeah, that's that's how you unlock these slates for sure. Yeah, and uh, also I, I do like Mayer as well. Um, yeah, Hooper is running more routes, about fifty in the like fifty-five to thirty-five. But you know, now we're in week three. This is always a time when, especially in DFS, I like to invest in rookies who haven't really done anything yet because it's only a matter of time, you know, before uh, these guys start ramping up. So uh, you know, Mayer has one catch through two games uh, so far, but he is playing on 46% of the offensive snaps. And again, I think this is a game where the Raiders are going to want to keep it on the ground, go with some heavier personnel. So I do think we'll see some some tight ends uh, in in the game here as well, especially when you get in, in the uh, in the red zone. So uh, Hooper, Mayer, one of these guys uh, mm-hmm. hopefully – and catch the a, a, a touchdown, but yeah, I think I think that's the way you kind of want to invest in the Raiders here. Is you know everyone knows Adams, everyone knows Myers, <laughs> so literally just invest in all the other pass catchers who are getting a decent amount of of snaps, even when those two are healthy. So yeah, uh, that's key. Whereas like the Steelers, it's tough because like the Rams, we'll talk about too. It's like they don't really play a lot of their uh, uh, backups. So uh, the Raiders, I think, are is the team that you're going to kind of want to invest in the stairs. I mean, who they got like Quadri Allison, Shevsky's <laughs> hurt. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's ugly for the, uh, you know, the backups for the uh, Steelers and maybe some Connor Hayward. If, uh, if Washington, I burned that flyer out. last week, uh, Darnell Washington <laughs> did miss practice. Yep, so, yep. uh, you know, if he's out, then we'll use Connor Hayward again as a dart throw. But uh, like I said, I, I burned my Connor Hayward dart throw <laughs> last week. <laughs> Hey, he's, you know, he's, he's bound to do something one of these days. Yeah, he doesn't need many snaps. It's like whenever he's in the game, it's a design play to him. So that he has that going for him. All right, let's go to Monday night. We got the Eagles at the Bucks. The Eagles are favored by four and a half on the road. The total is 46. That's at 715 Eastern on ABC. So that's the first of the two Monday night football games. And also the top two teams in terms of your luck rankings luck be a lady tonight yeah so the eagles are the luckiest team so far and the buccaneers are the second luckiest team so far so i guess whoever wins this game um it's safe to say they will be the leader in luck rankings come week four um but it also happens that these these two teams have been lucky because they've been scoring way above expectation so um week three is when we start to really look at our luck total ratings uh and this has the lowest rating for a luck total, meaning it's showing the most value in the under with a minus 11 rating. So you had mentioned that um, Vegas-Pittsburgh was your favorite total of the week. I'll let you have that for convince me. Let me have this under for convince <laughs> me. This is my favorite under. Plus, Adrian Hill is refing this game, and I, I will get Chad to join me on Adrian Hill under at some point. <laughs> um, last week, that Jags-Chiefs game, there was like six holding calls, uh, and it was a beautiful, beautiful game to have the under 51. Uh, so maybe I can convince Chad with this one, but I love the under in this game. 
Yeah, the Chiefs under is another one I think is popping on the uh, on the luck totals because their their defense is a lot better. Oh yeah, um, but yep. uh, yeah, as far as this game, it, it is interesting because uh, you know you kind of think of the Eagles and you're like, all right, this team, especially against the uh, shaky team like the Bucks, you think they could score, but yeah, this could be a little bit of a, a more muted uh, kind of game here. You know, that offense doesn't quite look fully in yeah. here aside from, you know, I mean, just hand it to Swift, you know, just kind of run the ball, <laughs> no get, get down, get down to the one and push Hertz in. That's, that's kind of what they're, they're doing. But um, you know, we got to uh, try to figure out other ways to, to find value, especially with yeah. that, you know, that Bucks run defense is pretty good. So uh, where are you going in the captain spot? Uh, I'm going with Mike Evans here just because, you know, the Eagles secondary has been beatable so far. Granted, if they get Bradbury and, you know, Blankenship back here, that should help. But I'm not shying away from them uh, in a one-game slate. And just Mike Evans has been balling out. Uh, He has six catches in each game so far, a touchdown in each game, uh, and went off for 171 yards last game. It is a contract year for him, so I bet he keeps this up. Uh, but yeah, on, on this slate, yeah, I think Mike Evans is the way to go. I actually, I think Godwin is okay. is, is a superior <laughs> tomato. Player. Tomato with no, these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both uh, they're both top twenty receivers this week yeah. in, in in our rankings. But here's why I like Godwin. Remember last week, who was the guy that balled out for the 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 Vikings? I mean, everyone kind of balled out for the Vikings, but T.J. Hawkinson was the guy that you know yeah. got going over the middle of the field and. The Eagles put Avante Maddox, their slot corner, on injured reserve. So they have their slot corner is going to be a second year undrafted uh, free agent out of Clemson. Mario Goodrich probably is going to be in the slot. So this is like, you know, this is just screaming for Godwin (laughs) to, to just run roughshod through the middle of that defense. Also, you know, the linebackers are banged up for the. Eagles as well, you know, Nicobe Dean and and those guys. And, and you mentioned Blankenship at, at safety. So that middle of the field is going to be tough. I, you know, I'd rather test the middle of the field with Godwin than, you know, have de- potentially deal with, you know, some Slay or, you know, if Bradbury's back. But I, I do mm-hmm. think the Eagles are weakest up the middle. So uh, I I think Godwin is is the best bet in, for Tampa Bay receiving this week. I mean, Mike Evans is, is is great top twenty wide receiver as well, but yeah, I'm I'm going Godwin. So we need to get some uh, side action on that. Some uh, you know who scores yeah. more fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah I would say Godwin clearly has a higher floor. I still think Evans has the higher ceiling. Um, so yeah, I mean <laughs> you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. But yeah, if you want to make it interesting, I, I'm only go head to head with you on this. All right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk offline on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, also I like that. You know, Tampa Bay could potentially be in a trailing game script. You know, this is the the Eagles mm-hmm. we're talking about. Uh, so I I do I can see like a ten catch, one hundred forty seven yard type of game for Godwin. <laughs> you know, Evans yeah. he'll be like four for 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 one seventy one or something. Like he'll be he'll do what Javante Smith did last week. Although they kept <laughs> they kept confusing me because like they were like Javante Smith has two touchdowns, and I'm like, when did he score another touchdown? <laughs> like Kirk Herbstreit just be sleepwalking oh. through these through these non-college it is uh, a busy schedule man Give <laughs> yeah, a break. i know man nah, he, props to him he's killing it you know doing college doing <laughs> nfl but man i, I think I yeah. he actually said like oh i forgot this wasn't college like he he, he he mentioned an nfl stat and then said like the, the top player in the country or something instead of like in the, in the league <laughs> yeah and then he corrected himself so this is what we have to deal with on on you know thursday nights which uh, is why yeah. i'm glad I'll we still uh, take this it, is though. monday yeah, I'll still take we got, it. We got the we got the doubleheader on Monday. Imagine a Thursday doubleheader on non Thanksgiving. Oh, that would not. Uh, don't be. get me excited over here. I would love that. <laughs> eh, eh, yeah, you like Thursday night football more than most. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, all right, who do you like for value in this uh, Eagles Bucks game? Well, I, I mean, you mentioned T.J. Hawkinson going off against the Eagles. Why don't we just go with the Bucks tight end? Let's go with K. Dotton. Uh, he is getting a ton of playing time this year. His routes run rate is around 77%, pretty much what we expected. He's coming off a nice six-catch game, so they are, you know, targeting him. Um, and, yeah, the Eagles have been gassed by tight ends. They've allowed 55 yards um, and a touchdown to each of the starting tight ends they face. Granted, they've been facing better tight ends than Kate Otten, 
But let's you know, <laughs> st- let's stick with the uh, tight ends against the Eagles here. He's a good value play, at least, uh, on the one-game slate. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the tight end on the other side, the much better tight end in Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, I was a bit disappointed. I, I knew he would probably get the squeaky wheel treatment last game. He kind of did. But he only converted those six catches to 22 yards. So we still haven't seen a big game from him yet. Plus, I think we could see A.J. Brown get the squeaky wheel treatment this game after – um, his antics on the sideline last game, he was clearly frustrated. But Tampa Bay has used the fourth highest uh, zone rate zone, to, yep. to begin the year. So that's typically when, you know, A.J. Brown gets a downgrade and Goddard gets an upgrade. So I think Goddard could be overlooked here just based on his slow start. So I'm going to stick with him as a value play here. Yeah, I I do think uh, both tight ends are are great in this, uh, in this spot. Uh, I do think, though, People need to roster AJ Brown this week, you know, man zone, whatever. Uh, if anything, they'll just give him a bunch of easy targets underneath yeah. the zone coverage and treat him like a tight end. So, uh, you know, I like that was a very public spat. And right mm-hmm. after the game, I saw like, I think that was like the top headline on ESPN. Was like, <laughs> you know, the Hertz tells Brown, everyone wants to, everyone wants to contribute, you, you know? So I, I think, you know, this is, a team that good leadership. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is a good leader. So I think he's going to want to kind of get out ahead of this. Devontae had the big game. And yes, Devontae is better against zone coverage. But, you know, A.J. Brown, you could still, he's, he's very, very, one of the top 10, 15 most talented receivers in the National Football League. Easily. Top 10. Yeah. So easily. You can get him the ball <laughs> against zone coverage. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not too yeah. difficult. So uh, going with him and, uh, I think DeAndre Swift is probably going to get another week as this as mm-hmm. a feature back. I mean, how do you not give him a, a right. big workload after what he did? I mean, you know, I know they want to kind of do the committee thing, and and there is some risk here, but this is DFS we're talking about. We want risk. So uh, I think, you know, looking at DeAndre Swift and, you know, 28 carries for a buck 75 last week, you got – uh, a long, a long rest. So he should be, you know, healed up. And, you know, we've seen him kind of get on these runs where he could just, he just goes ham for a few games. So I think they ride the hot hand uh, with Swift and, and give him, you know, start him off with the, uh, the workload. And unless he does, you know, fumbles or something or does something silly, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's going to hold on to it. So uh, I'm not going to sleep on, on Swift this week, even though Tampa Bay generally does defend the run, uh, pretty well they just haven't seen that many attempts teams you know they faced the vikings and vikings ran only 14 times with running backs and then the bears only ran 11 so they haven't been tested but that offensive line for the eagles is probably the best in the nfl so not as worried about that bucks front uh with swift here so like swift and uh like brown in the passing game all right uh who you like for dark throws yeah so i'm, I'm gonna go th- Kenny Gainwell here, um, you know, he is questionable with the rib injury. Um, if if he suits up, it, like you said, it does seem like this is DeAndre Swift's backfield right now. Uh, I, I think they should continue just using him as the workhorse back. However, it is the Eagles' backfield. Like you said, this D, this is DFS, so we got to take some gambles here. Um, plus, it, like, it's worth pointing out that Rashad Penny is just not a part of this offense. Um, you know, even though Gainwell was out last game, um, and like Boston Scott was banged, like knocked out of the game. It required DeAndre Swift to have like, uh, you know, he had like five or six carries. He had to like go to the sideline because he was winded, and that's when they finally put Rashad Penny in the game. Um, so it, it's it could be more of a two way committee between Gainwell and Swift if Gainwell can return. So it, it's one of those things. It could devolve into a hot hand sort of situation. So I, I like Gainwell as a dart throw. Um, and then on the other side, Trey Palmer has yet to catch more than one pass in either game, but he's a rookie. We, you know, and he's not like super talented, but a slow start would be expected for a player like him. Plus he's more of a boom bust uh, downfield threat as their number three wide receiver. Um, So, you know, he's going to be very volatile, but we do like that for one game slate. So I think it's worth sprinkling some Trey Palmer. He is definitely like a 50 yard touchdown candidate. Um, And we love those for these one game slates. So I'm going to have some Trey Palmer here as well. Yeah, Trey Palmer is, you know, 
a guy that was kind of watching coming out of the preseason because the Bucks, you know, really don't have a third receiver. So I think that That's job. Russell Gage injury. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wide exactly. open. Yeah, it is wide open. Uh, so uh, I do want to talk about some of those guys, but I, I want to start off with uh, Sean Tucker for the Bucks. You know, he has at least seven touches in both of the first uh, two games and both of his first two games. Uh, as a rookie out of uh, out of Cuse, his snap rate increased from 15% in week one to 24% in week two. So I do think he'll be that uh, that change of pace to Rashad White. You know, if there's an injury or anything like that, you come up big. But, uh, you know, there's a chance he gets another, you know, five to eight touches in this game because you had Chase Edmonds go on injured reserve. And Edmonds was kind of splitting that number two mm. role behind Rashad White. So uh, like Sean Tucker and uh, the Bucks, I think it's interesting because, you know, Palmer last week ran around on 38% of the dropbacks and Devin Tompkins was at 43%. So uh, I think Tompkins is interesting as well. And, and Rakim Jarrett also ran around on 27%. He's been the fifth guy uh in the pecking order though, both weeks, but Tompkins is interesting because he looked good in week one and then his snaps increased in week two. So uh, in a game where, again, the Bucks might be trailing, you know, some, some weird things could happen. Now Tompkins didn't catch, didn't make any catches last week. So, you know, he'll be super low, low mm-hmm. owned. I bet uh, he did get a rushing attempt for 11 yards. So that shows you that they do want to put the ball in his hand. So, uh, Tompkins uh, is a guy that I'll, I'll be looking at as a dart throw. Uh, and on the Eagle side, I think Zacchaeus is interesting in this one. I know Quez got a little banged up in, in week two, uh, but Zacchaeus is a much better player against zone coverage than uh, against man. And also, you know, Quez is the guy that is better against man because he's got the speed, you know, can go downfield and, and run away from, from certain corners. Uh, but in this one, you know, even if Quez is healthy, I do think Zacchaeus might see a little bit of an uptick because he's just a better receiver, uh, you know, to go against this type of defense. So uh, he's another one that he, I don't, yeah, he hasn't had a catch yet uh, this year. He's barely played. So, uh, <laughs> but he is their number four. And I, I do think he could mix in, uh, at, you know, in that number three role a little bit this week. So uh, if you're doing some Jalen Hurts stacks or you just need a cheap guy to kind of fill out lineups, I think Zacchaeus is an intriguing one because there's a lot of dart throws in this game. So uh, <laughs> you want to try to get the ones that really are kind of a little more off the radar. Uh, so Zacchaeus kind of fits the bill here. Yeah, I, I love the Sean Tucker call, especially for the one game slate. I think at some point, uh, Rashad White did look better last week, but at some point Tucker could overtake him as the early down back and the Bucks have been leaning on the run game a lot more this year. So yeah, this could be the game who knows where Tucker uh, overtakes him. I think, you know, either way, white will probably dominate passing down work um, all season, but Tucker's solid. Like he could have been a fourth or fifth round pick, but due to his uh, heart condition, which turned out to be okay. Uh, that's why he went undrafted, but he's very, very talented. Yeah. And another guy that really hasn't gotten it going yet, you know, just uh, was it 13 carries for 22 yards and two catches for nine. So I mean, yeah. that, that, maybe that's a bad sign. Maybe he's just. No, he's getting eased in. He's a rookie. I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah, well, Rashad White didn't have a good week one either. Um, like I said, he turned it on last week, but this, this could be more of a fluid situation than I think people realize. Yeah, I mean, I just you know when you when you carry eight times for seven yards against the Bears, I'm always going to be able to worry. But uh, yeah, I love the great. usage and I love the player. I think he, you know I think yeah. he's a good player. So uh, hopefully he gets he gets off the Schneid this week. But uh, yeah, like him. Uh, all right, let's go to the final game. This is at eight fifteen Eastern on ESPN. The Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got in the? Oh, the, uh, let me give you the spread first. The, the Bengals are favored by two and a half. Looks like Burrow's going to miss this one. Mm-hmm. The total is uh, 43 and a half. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is 8.15 Eastern on ESPN. What do you like in the captain spot? Uh, so this game, I think there's a ton of great options for the captain slot, but I'm going to have to go with Kyron Williams here. Uh, this is his back backfield now, finally. Uh, he played 95% of the snaps last week. He is a true workhorse back, um, at least right now. You know, He's getting all the passing down work, and he's – a solid pass catching back. And he's the first back that Stafford has been willing to target. You know, he got six catches last week. He's getting all the goal line work. 
Uh, they actually traded away Cam Akers this time uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. So I think we could trust Sean McVay for now, but I'm still tainted from last season. Like, it wouldn't be shocked if he now uses Ronnie Rivers as lead back. Who the hell knows what McVay's nah, going to do? But nah, I it, think was, he finally... it was a Cam Akers beef. I, don't, I think it was a Cam Akers beef, not a, not a Sean McVay uh, thing. Like, either way. Yeah. Kyron Williams is lead back now. I think I can finally say that. So I, I got to go with him in the captain slot. This could be a good game script for him. Um, he's one of those backs where it could be a leading game script, trailing run. It doesn't matter. He's a great player. Yeah, he's not coming off the field. Uh, they have Ronnie Rivers, Royce Freeman, and Zach Evans behind him. Like he, he's, he's yeah. absolutely – he's my RB3 this week. <laughs> Jesus. It's, you laugh, wow. but yeah. like – I mean, No, it's, it's – it's, <laughs> it, 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 it What are we doing here? <laughs> that nine, nine months ago, I had egg on my face for this guy. But finally, finally, they're getting him a shot. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, it's all about usage for running backs. And, yep. and yeah, I, I think he's, he's played well. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think McVeigh, like, I, I really think that was an Acres issue. I mean, it's no, uh, you know, surprise that Acres carries 22 times for 29 yards and then gets deactivated <laughs> and traded. I mean, yeah. we saw this last time where he, he would have like a couple of tough, rough games and then, and, and McVeigh would keep feeding him. And it just didn't work, you know, and it, he just hasn't mm-hmm. been quite right outside of that, you know, what month and a half stretch in late last year. He just hasn't been right since yeah. that Achilles injury. So, yeah. And even week one, Kyron was the lead back. Um, and then they just gave Akers a ton of attempts in the second half, sort of just to ice the game because they were up so much. So yep. I, it was leading into the season. Yeah. Something was up with Akers. Uh, this is the second time they try to trade him. So something's going on there. But yeah, he can't yeah, gain think- yards. That's what's up. That too, yeah, yeah. That, that's you, you kind of <laughs> want that. Gain yards. Back. <laughs> he doesn't gain yards very often. Like it's, I don't know. He I, had that great month yeah, and a half, and that was. That's that. what I'm saying. He he was good at the end of last year. He was with the RB two in fantasy, so he he did look good at the end of last year. But uh, yeah, I just have to wonder if that Achilles injury just really did you know set him back because he, he was very talented. Um, you know, he was second round pick, so. There's still hope. Uh, maybe he can leapfrog Alexander Madison. We'll see. Yeah, Madison looked horrible. Like, yeah, yeah. My Madison <laughs> shares are going up in flames. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, if they were going to trade for anyone, it's probably the most ideal player for them to trade for because, like, Akers is, like, the one guy that Madison could, like, easily outplay. Like, you know what I right. mean? So, right. uh, it's actually – maybe it's not the, the worst thing. Yeah, at least we, it wasn't like see. Jonathan Taylor. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, that uh, McVeigh kind of went to more gap, gap scheme this year too. Mm. And, you know, Akers you know, had been uh, more of a zone zone scheme guy. And I, I just don't think he was hitting hitting the holes right and, and doing what he had to do. And um, I also don't think he's uh, very happy with sharing the backfield. So I think, I think those are the things that kind of contributed to it. But I do think McVeigh, you know, McVeigh kind of uh, – made his running game more multiple, you know, this year. And uh, I think Akers just couldn't handle it. Uh, I'm going Puka Nakua, obviously. I mean, <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? Like, Puka Nakua is, I think, my wide receiver seven. Kyron Williams is my running back three. <sighs> These dudes are just not coming off the field. And they are, I mean, along with Tutu Atwell, who we'll get to, uh, they're pretty much this entire offense. And uh, Nakua leads the NFL in catches. That is right. He leads the NFL in catches. No, he's not Cooper Cup, but he leads the NFL in catches. And why? Because his average at the target is around nine. He's averaging 10.6 yards a catch. So he's catching over 70% of his passes. Uh, he's just an efficient guy who's going to gobble up targets, kind of like Cooper Cup did. You know, Cup, I think, uh, a little bit of a different player. But uh, at the end of the day, Sean McVay knows how to get these guys in good positions and you know he's like the anti-Matt Canada uh you know guys are always guys are always running open he could kind of take whoever he wants it doesn't have to be uh you know the most heralded guy can be you know day three picks and they can have massive success in this offense uh and really you know Stafford being back is obviously huge so uh love Nakua here uh double digit catches in both of his first two NFL games. He's averaging a buck 33. So uh, especially on DraftKings, you know, that bonus is squarely in play 
yeah. and you're getting a full point for for reception. So love him uh, in, in DraftKings the most, but uh, I think you, you got to play him or Kyron, I think. Uh, maybe some contrarian uh, Chase or, or Higgins, but, I mean, this Ram offense has just been a well-oiled machine. Uh, so I think they, they get the ball to their guys. Uh, who do you like for values? Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Higby here just because he's, the, you know, the forgotten man in this offense. Um, I, I know a lot of people are starting to drop him in fantasy, and I totally get it. Uh, but his his routes run rate is still there. It's 83% on the season. There's a chance defenses start putting extra resources on Puka Nakua or Tutu Atwell, Kyron Williams, uh, and Higby starts getting more open looks going forward. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of buying low on tight ends if they have a rough couple game stretch and they're still getting, you know, the routes run rate. Uh, I'm willing to buy low on them. So uh, give me some Tyler Higby here. Uh, and I'm actually going to go with Jake Browning, um, uh, assuming that Joe Burrow is ruled out. Um, you know, it's going to be a huge drop off for the Bengals offense as a whole, but I still like taking Browning in this slate. Um, you know, they're, they're likely going to lean on the run game a bit more, maybe have a more conservative game plan, but Browning does have some um, solid rushing upside. Like it, it wouldn't shock me if he ran four or five times for 20 plus yards. He, he does have that sort of rushing upside. He still has one of the best wide receiver trios in the game. And the Rams have been putting up points. So, you know, the Rams could get up, you know, seven plus points here and force the Bengals into a pass heavy game script. It's not without question here. So uh, I, I like taking Browning here, e- even using him in your captain slot um, in some spots and stacking him with the, you know, Bengals pass catcher. So uh, I, I definitely think it's worth investing uh, in Browning here. Yeah. It would be hilarious if he has the best Bengals <laughs> uh, quarterback game to date. This would be tough. Uh, I know. That's why it's like this season has been, <laughs> this season has been nuts. I mean, you got Kyron Williams, and uh, Puka Nakua as your top fantasy plays, and Jake Browning has a chance to outplay. <laughs> this feels uh, like Joe season still. Right. It really yeah. does. It does. Yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah. Except the Rams never play their guys in preseason. So they uh, played. We, we, I just want to yep, say, we, we saw Puka's yep. first touchdown. We did. We were, uh, we were like 10 feet away from it. It was, you know, it was a historical moment. We didn't realize it at the time, but it was historical. Yeah, man, we were we were uh, we had a front and center view to 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 greatness to the start of greatness. Yeah. Now I just can't wait till Cup gets back because now uh, this now this Rams team. I mean, this NFC is wide open. I mean, the Bucks are two and zero. This now this Rams team could push for a playoff spot even with that yeah. defense that just lost everybody. So I give I give McVeigh I give you know GM a lot yep. of credit for for making it work. Uh, and speaking of which, a guy that I was always waiting to break out finally. Has broken out. He is your wide receiver 16 in PPR, ladies and gentlemen. Tutu Atwell. Uh, I love him as a player. Uh, has speed, but he's not just a gadget guy. He can go deep or he can be more of like your underneath, uh, you know, guy against some zone coverage. So he can run away from man coverage. Uh, has a lot of talent. Uh, so uh, I love him is as a mid-range uh, play this week. He's averaging six and a half catches for 98 yards uh, per game, eight and a half targets per game. So, you know, not quite Puka, but uh, if Puka, like, let's say Puka takes a step back or, Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, they just sell out or something, Atwell would really be the guy that's next in line. Uh, He's, he's jumped Van Jefferson. And we talked about this in the uh, preseason too, because remember, I was like, you know, I want to like Van Jefferson more. But I was kind of being conservative because I'm like, I think he could get jumped by like Atwell <laughs> and Nakua. And sure enough, yeah. Atwell is uh, has officially jumped Van Jefferson in terms of the the snaps and the production. So uh, love me some Tutu Atwell. And on the other side, got to go with Joe Mixon for the Bengals. You know, I I could also see using him in a captain spot yeah. if uh, you think you know the Bengals are going to kind of have to play a different way with you know the backup quarterback. But uh, Mixon. You know, he kind of – it hasn't been flashy, but he's still here doing what he does, averaging 16 uh, and a half touches per game. His uh, usage in the run game ramped up last week. You know, he got almost all of the carries, uh, still playing about uh, 75% of the snaps. So uh, in a game where you have a backup quarterback, you know, maybe you get some dump-offs. And if the Rams are able to score, I really like – 
you know, maybe you have like a Kyron in a captain spot, uh, you know, Atwell or Nakua, and then you bring it back with Mixon because I think if the Rams, if if the Rams are able to score, like you mentioned, and get up, uh, you probably see a lot of dump offs to Mixon. You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of what he's been doing. You know, even last year, remember when he got his third down roll taken away by P Ryan, but he was yeah. being targeted like thirty percent of his route, so <laughs> yeah. he's still still putting up like four or five catches. Uh, every game I think this is one of those spots where we could see that again because it's been a struggle for the Bengals down the field for whatever reason uh even with those talent or wide receivers so like Joe Mixon this uh week uh yeah the Rams are allowing 5.3 yards per carry to backfields too so decent matchup uh, nice. what do you got for dart throws y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously huh uh, well, I am going to go with Van Jefferson. Uh, I do agree. He's definitely, you know, the odd man out right now. But he's still seeing, you know, a routes run rate around the 85% range. So he's out there running routes. If Stafford wants to throw him the ball a couple of times, that'd be great. But uh, I don't think he's due for a high-volume game of, you know, like five-plus catches here. Uh, but he could break loose for a big play uh, or two uh, if the Bengals do attempt to slow down Puka and Tutu. So um, all it would take for Van is, you know, one or two big catches here to make a difference and, and be in the winning lineup for this slate. So we'll definitely have some Van Jefferson shares. Uh, and then on the other side, um, going to go with Irv Smith. Uh, because like I said, they, they might have a more conservative game plan uh, and target players like Tyler Boyd and Irv Smith underneath a little bit more than Browning, you know, chucking it up to T Higgins downfield. Um, and Irv is average a 75% routes run rate. So He's going to be out there for most of the dropbacks. So, um, you know, he's he's been off to a slow start, but he's definitely worth a flyer in, in this showdown site. Yeah, he's running around 80% of the dropbacks. You know, he's in that Hurst role. Uh, yep. And, um, you know, again, downfield has just been a struggle. So we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. But, uh, yeah, I could see, you know, the backs and tight ends uh, doing some things for the Bengals this week, especially if the Rams are able to keep, keep humming on offense. Um, I am going, it's, it's swim pickings here. Uh, it's for dart throws. Uh, Ronnie rivers, I think is Mm. always going to interest me on a slate like this because Kyron Williams projects to play 90% of the snaps. Kyron Williams is also listed at, uh, was it five, nine, one ninety five. He, now he was a workhorse in college, but he has been more heavily used than he's been in, you know, essentially two years now you got to go back to his final year in college mm-hmm. uh, last time he was getting you know 20 touches and you know 20 touches type thing so uh i do think there's a chance you know for an injury or, or something like that and if that's the case you know i think rivers will be the next next man up that's what it's been so far you know freeman it was elevated uh, i don't think he really did much of anything they got zach evans too but uh, he's been a healthy scratch so uh, Rivers, we did see Rivers get like randomly featured for like a half a game last year at some point. So yep. if if McVeigh is going to be weird, I I, do, I think Rivers is going to be the bet. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the Bengal side, I think the all the backup receivers are interesting because Browning probably works on the second team with these guys. So Trenton Irwin, I think he's the guy that's actually getting snaps. I, mm-hmm. He's intriguing just because, uh, you know, you see this a lot, right? Like a, a backup quarterback and, you know, the guy he's working with on the, on the, on the uh, second team, mm. uh, that's like, that would probably be his number one receiver on the second team, Trenton Irwin. So uh, I like him, but also, you know, it, it's tough to find a dart throw on this, on this slate because the Rams don't really, sub in a lot of guys and uh, neither do the Bengals, but I don't mind uh, taking a shot at either rookie receiver for the Bengals. Uh, I, I, use, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I never get it right. Uh, Andre Iosivas. Yeah. And, yeah. He's legit. Uh, right. Yeah. He looked good in uh, preseason and Charlie Jones I had that punt return last week, so he mm-hmm. might get some snaps. So, you know, again, time to invest in rookies that haven't done anything yet. This is the perfect time, especially on a dart throw slate. But Browning, his his three receivers that he works with every day are Trent Irwin, Yasivas, and Charlie Jones. So that uh, I think one of these guys could at least get a catch or two uh, in this game. So 
uh, like those guys, and I don't think people will be on yeah. them because they've done jack nothing in the exactly <laughs> except for I, the, I, the Jones in the punt return. I love that angle, um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and run with it. Another guy <laughs> to consider would be Drew Sample. Then, yeah, um, second teamer, but he was his top tight end at Washington, Ooh, so they go way call. back. Yeah, he, he had Drew Sample, Kay Dotton, and Will Disley. Talk about like you know, really average tight ends. But he targeted his tight end back then, and Drew Sample, his senior year, was his top tight end. So they have a history. Uh, what's that called? The, the shower narrative. So uh, Drew Sample, if we're going like the backups and former college teammate, uh, could definitely see them, you know, hooking up for, you know, five-yard touchdown or something like that. What a time to be alive. We have a, a showdown slate with the Bengals and we're not playing Jamar Chase or T Higgins no, uh, no. in the captain spot. We're playing Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Uh, we're playing like Tutu Atwell is, what is he? Is he outscoring Jamar Chase through two weeks? Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Many people. Oh yeah. Everyone's Incredible. outscoring Jamar Chase. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Jamar. Oh geez. I didn't realize he was 53. That's wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, what a time! And then, uh, and then, yeah, we're going with we're going with all the Bengals backups instead of their starters for value. Like, what a oh, time! Oh God, what a time! I mean, that's it's, what showdown sites are all about, though. If we're being honest, yeah. And another rookie before we get out of here, if he's active, because it might have just been because Evans was hurt. But if if Chase Brown is active, they got to start giving him some looks too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really haven't gotten much from Travion Williams, so they're still kind of looking for that you know, new Samaj P Ryan. So I, I, Brown was active for the first time last week. If he's active again, and another rookie who hasn't done anything yet, that uh, great time to kind of get ahead of it uh, on a, a slate like this. Yep. All right. That is going to wrap it up. Be sure to check out the full luck rankings at actionnetwork.com uh, for more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our, Full player projections episode that's out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. Our fantasy flex preview, uh, fantasy preview episode uh, of the main slate and the Thursday slate uh, is right here on the fantasy flex channel. ActionNetwork.com for all of our fantasy and betting content and fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Sean is on X at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.